0: Today we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. We have had plenty of action movies on the podcast, yo, but we certainly haven't had one led by Steven Seagal. A man whose fighting technique requires him to basically stand still and flip guys around like a dad playing with his kids on a trampoline. Yeah, real exciting stuff. I'm not sure he actually jumps in this movie. Yes, the movie we are covering is 1990's Marked for Death. And I've decided once again, just as a bit, to honor the great Danny Trejo. Mostly because he's in the movie for like a minute and a half, I think. And I just think that's funny. I think only Paul F. Tompkins, who we honored like nearly a year ago now in There Will Be Blood, has a shorter scene in a Podcastio movie. So close to breaking the record, Danny, but not quite. But you know what? Danny Trejo has a couple other movies out there where he's in them for even shorter. So, we'll see. Maybe that will run itself into the podcast one day. Now, go ahead and fire up your favorite Shaggy album. Light up some insets and fire up that mota because it's time to learn about the worldwide Jamaican drug syndicate. Now, play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcastium, we're ready for the show We'll watch the movies, we'll face the ghosts, and then we'll all go home gaining the legendary hairy upper lips It's the Mustachio Podcastium Hello, this is your host of the Mustachio Podcast Daniel Segura. And today I welcome a guy that I've never met in person, yet I've spent hours with this person (laughs) watching a lot of movies. Um, Because we, not just being him by ourselves, but the Discord uh, with the Grind Bin has, uh, we, we stream movies on there all the time. We always bring people on there. It's always a good time. And Steve, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here, man.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Daniel. It's an honor and a pleasure to, as you just stated, break my podcasting cherry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told him I was gonna be, I was gonna be real gentle with Steve. I'm, I'm not gonna go at him too hard. But you know what? If you're a, if you're a grind bin fan, you probably can handle anything. Because in those streams, I think they're worse than anything that would ever be said on the podcastio or anything else. Like those streams are hardcore.
1: I mean, so. they, at times they are quite horrific, but we get a lot of fun out of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Things <laughs> things get real messy in those streams. It's a good uh, thing none of us are on video. Jesus.
1: Uh, no, oh, we still, we've still been trying to get Tim on video, but, you know, the bag keeps getting in the way, both the volcano and the one on his head.
0: Oh, yeah. For those of y'all that don't know, um, the one time I have seen T- Tim Yobo, who, uh, you know, y'all have heard him in a bunch of episodes. I think he was just on... Uh, one recently for Dead Bang. I saw him one time on camera, and he had a paper bag on his head. So he is notorious for no, – no one's ever seen this guy's face. We're assuming he's part of some special group. We're not going to say the T word, but we all know what we're thinking. Uh, and he's a dangerous man, but um, he's also kind of funny, so we keep him around. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as I always ask all the guests that come on and happen to pick a movie – Why marked for (laughs) death, Steve?
1: You know, uh, honestly, I am surprised this was not a bigger part of my viewing childhood experience because before I started doing research for the episode – I've only seen it once, Uh, once when it came out Columbus Day weekend back in 90, and then once when it first came out to home video, and then nothing in between that, and then just one night in the Discord I decided to stream it, and then I think I suggested it to you because, of course, Trejo. Oh, I mean, just the lack of screen time he gets in the movie, but it's just, you you know, this could actually work, and I mean... Well, here we are. I mean...
0: (laughs) Well, you know that with my show, I definitely like to do bits where it's like, it doesn't have to be the main protagonist. It could be anyone out there, and it's even better when it's somebody that actually made a name for themselves, but this is just when they're getting their career going, and yeah, they don't give him a whole bunch to do. I don't even think he has a line, even though he's being asked to say something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he, he has like one or two words, I think, at most, and then... I mean, we'll get into it in the discussion, yeah. but it's just like he's there and he's gone.
0: But you know what? Does a pretty good job, and he looks oh, good, you know. Yeah,
1: he's Danny Trejo. I mean, motherfucking Danny Trejo.
0: Ah, he owns it, man. He just mm-hmm. owns it. So that so you streamed it on the Discord. I'm sure it went over very well because this movie is bonkers. Oh my uh, you God. know,
1: I'm. I'm just gonna say it ahead of time. I I love this movie, and even after watching it like six times, just for the hell of it, and, and researching for the episode, I, I mean, you notice those discrepancies right away. But I still think it's a wonderful time capsule of '90s cinema.
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 a movie that honestly I don't think could get made now. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely, not, not, not with that kind of budget.
1: Uh, you know, honestly, it was only. was
0: It well, wasn't that expensive. Yeah, it made a now, lot of money.
1: Uh, it was made for like $12 million and it ended up making uh, just under 50 So, yeah, it was actually a big hit. And yeah. this was during Seagal's time. Yeah, where well, he was riding high. I mean, the 90s, they were looking for somebody new besides Stallone and Schwarzenegger. And then him and Van Damme just popped up. So it's pretty much he started out with above the law. And then he moved into Hard to Kill, which actually premiered the second week while he was filming this. And that came number one at the box office. And then he went right into Out for Justice, another hit. And then Under Siege. And then I think it's where he faltered with uh, On Deadly Ground, his uh, environmental pick with Michael Kane
0: <laughs> Michael Caine? Yes. Wow. The great Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, I... I really thought that and you can honestly tell he does he's doing exactly what he does in this movie and basically all this movie's not hard to explain he's a ex-DEA agent who, run, who goes back home after a pretty tough time in his job and then he runs into this syndicate of Jamaican gangster guys that are drug dealing and um uh, action unfolds and ensues his family becomes in danger and all that stuff and then he has to fight um and he's retired the whole time, so I guess it's kind of like he becomes a vigilante. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And,
1: and mind you, before he retired, he was easily the worst DEA agent.
0: <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, when you're six foot four and you're in Mexico or no, he's in Colombia, but either way, no one's gonna be that tall. <laughs> he's I, like this giant person with a fucking ponytail and shit. I,
1: I mean. Honestly, Colombia looks striking for I'm guessing the California desert, but uh, <laughs> it say, worked out. I was going to say
0: I don't think they're in Colombia. That's yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um, so do you have any? Uh, do you have any other qu- little quick tips about this movie that you found in your research? <laughs> uh
1: yeah, actually a few. Uh, first off, apparently in Seagal's contract he had. Written approval. Uh, he had approval to choose whatever he di- whatever director he wanted, and apparently, oh, wow. uh, the director uh, he chose, Dwight Little, who directed this, as he wanted him to actually direct Hard to Kill. But at the time, he still didn't have the proven box office power. But after Hard to Kill premiered, uh, that essentially, you know, that one number one, and then it just essentially gave him carte blanche. Sorry, wow. carte blanche. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and then of course I, I got to mention uh, the man of the hour, Danny Trejo, and was it Keith David who is uh, was a Seagal's friend? Plays the a old sidekick, art. yeah. Yes, you know, one hell of a sidekick. Hell yeah,
0: there. dude! He could have had he could have his own movie. I love him.
1: Yeah, so I got to mention like was it for Trejo? Uh, he ended up. <clears throat> I think he has like a total of. 404 credits according to imdb and keith david has 330 credits so between both of them over 700 credits on imdb
0: (laughs) holy shit (laughs) that is so much work Mm -hmm. well because keith gets a lot of the um doesn't he's crazy in voice acting right like this guy gets tons of voice acting jobs too so oh
1: yeah i mean he's excellent at it but it's just holy shit
0: (laughs) I I mean, to have that kind of work uh, and also they're both incredibly recognizable and have one of some of the most recognizable voices of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would love to be that kind of famous, you know, like where you you don't have as much pressure necessarily. You're not needing to have to make a big blockbuster movie like Tom Cruise. When he comes out for a movie, that movie has to be like one of the best movies to come out. You know what I mean? Or it has to be like super big time. Yeah, it's got to do
1: like 100 million first weekend in order to. Exactly. Yeah, turn a profit.
0: And Danny Trejo can do a quick, like, I don't know, Nickelodeon movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was just in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. So, (laughs) well, yes, you are correct about that.
0: Was he in that movie? Yeah. yeah, Holy
1: shit. Yeah, he was essentially, he was like. I want to say the Lord of the Underworld, because they go to a western town, and he's essentially running the western town. So, yes, he was in it along with – yeah, he was in it with Snoop Dogg.
0: Oh, man, dude. Okay, so I did not know that, y'all. I I mean, not that I have anything against SpongeBob, but I I don't care to watch a movie about him. (laughs) But I guess I might check it out. It could be a podcast deal movie now, which is sad. (laughs) But uh,
1: (laughs) – Sad, yes, but he's in it, so there you go.
0: I should bring my nephew on for the uh, SpongeBob episode.
1: You got to You know, you got to gear it towards the kids. I mean, you need to open up that you know, you know, demo.
0: Imagine me bringing on my nephew and Tim Yobo. Holy. Oh God! <laughs> After the fourth pussy, shit, my brother's gonna stop talking
1: to me. <laughs> Tim, stop saying pussy. <laughs>
0: Listen, like you almost gonna be like, listen, kid. After the third date,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna hey, finish that.
1: You want to <laughs> hey, Death force?
0: <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, you, this was definitely in the cusp of Steven Seagal like realizing, holy shit, I can kind of, I can kind of start doing whatever the fuck I want to do. I can pick whoever the hell I want to pick. And I don't know. I like it. I, like, I think he's good in this movie. Even though I mean, he's Steven Seagal. He 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 can only bring so much to the screen. But whatever he does bring, it's actually kind of fun. And there are some moments where he really hams it up a little bit, which is really funny.
1: Well, I mean, his physical prowess, specifically when he's running. I mean, that's just top notch. <laughs>
0: he looks fucking hilarious.
1: He looks I, so I, weird. I just want him to yell, "Gang, wait!" <laughs>
0: Like it doesn't look like he's ever really ran like <laughs> it just looks like his body just doesn't want him to do it, yeah, it's the weirdest shit, man uh his line delivery is is hilarious. and apparently, um and you might have this in your notes, but the one thing I did read was that the um uh basically the guys in charge of making this movie wanted there to be more humor in the movie, and him and the director were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna stay strong to making this movie pretty hardcore and they made this this movie has some light moments in it but for the most part it was way gorier and more hardcore than i expected it to be i was like holy shit like what the fuck like damn Yeah,
1: but it works i mean honestly if this turned into more of a comedy oh man he would have looked so uncomfortable yeah
0: it would have been he would have had to play like a deadpan and they would have had to have like a sillier person other than um keith they would have had to have like someone that could be like a comedy relief because they're both guys that are stoicish. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're both very wise-looking stoic guys, and so there's not really a room for a lot of funny shit to happen. Um, I guess the funniest person would be the bad guy because he's so animated with his style of acting. But
1: oh, and since you bring up yeah, you know, the bad guy, yeah, Screwface. Screwface. This was actually his first role. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, and he's actually from Jamaica, so. I guess we can't call cultural appropriation in this case because you know he came, emigrated with his family from Jamaica to Brooklyn, and it's just he never planned on becoming an actor. But this was just he lucked out, got this first role, and he does a wonderful job in it.
0: Nice. Yeah, because I know like um, um, the guy that plays Charles, Tom Wright, he's not Jamaican. So there's a couple of Americans trying to do uh, Jamaican accents, which I promise I won't do, y'all. The only Jamaican accent (laughs) I can do is that one part in that Shaggy song where he goes, I want to show the nation my appreciation. That's all I can do. I won't do any more accents.
1: Oh, come on. Not for a quick impression.
0: (laughs) No, I refuse. Although, I I think you're going to like the quick impression either way, Steve. Trust me. Trust me. Hello! Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris, I'm the believer. I'm Cody, I'm the skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force? Out of your anus. Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious, a lot gay, Gay. do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye! All right, man. Well, we can get this movie going. If we run into any other things you want to talk about, we can bring them up if you want.
1: Oh, I'll have a few things. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sounds good. All right. So. All right. Boy, this movie doesn't waste much time as we open up with a chase scene uh, on foot. And uh, Steven Seagal is trying to catch. Yes. Yes. As we mentioned, the Mustacioso himself, Danny Trejo, and he is fast as shit for have, for being a not a very tall person. This guy's hauling ass, and he's it's basically it looks like it's Steven Seagal and his partner. I think his name's Chico. Yep. They eventually catch up to him, and there's this cool scene where Danny Trejo basically runs into Steven Seagal's leg, falls back, mm-hmm. he punches him like in the throat or something, and they start asking him questions about. Because we don't know what the hell's going on. We don't know who these guys are. We don't know what the fuck they do. And he's yeah. asking Danny if he's told anybody.
1: <laughs> now, now, before this happened, did Seagal actually punch him through a fence?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: P- y- <laughs> yeah, you know, Seagal, I mean, he essentially treats Trejo like a bitch, and he treats Chico like a bitch, so that's not cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. You Honestly, he never... Other than one scene, never struggles to do anything. Like, I don't even think he sweats in the movie.
1: Um, barely. a little? Probably towards the end of the movie during you know, the yeah. big fight. You know, but other than that, no, he doesn't. No,
0: screw, uh, Screwface is sweating all over the place, as we'll see uh, as this movie goes on. And so because uh, Danny doesn't say anything, they just wrap his... They're on the open, by the way. It's the middle of the fucking day in Columbia. They they put his towel in his mouth. They put some duct tape around it. They throw him in the trunk and they head off to go meet up with uh, to do like a basically a drug exchange or a money exchange uh, for some drugs, a deal. Mm-hmm. And it turns out these guys are DEA agents and are working on a on a on a case out here in Colombia, and they are not doing a great job. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so obvious that they're cops! Like it's the weirdest shit, man. They meet up with this guy. Uh, I don't think he's the head honcho. Uh, I don't think so because he's – I know at some point Seagal tells this dude like, well, are we going to get to meet like the big guy? Because obviously they're trying to work their way up as buyers so eventually they can get you know, chummy with the main drug lord dude. Mm-hmm. But shit blows up in their face because, well, they I guess somebody saw what happened uh, because it was out in the open and they have hole with them. And one of the guys lets the dude that they were going to do the deal with know these guys are fucking cops, he says in Spanish. And it's so funny because why the hell does that guy that tells – the, the dude that was doing the deal about them being cops he like just shoots the guy that was right next to him for no well, reason was he an right. informant uh,
1: no <laughs> so, that, that was the original what was it that was the original crime lord but the guy who shot him was his like lieutenant but I gotta point out something oh. if you if you actually pause that uh, scene in the movie you know I mean he you know he fires the gun at him but he doesn't even hit you know, the guy. No, uh, it, essentially, it goes off to the left, and it, it, he totally misses it, but because of the flash, I mean, you're just, hey.
0: <laughs> he's like, oh, I, I just got to act like I got shot. And and so then this guy comes up with, like, this huge-ass, like, dagger knife, and he's uh, going to cut him up because the dude tells Seagal, like, oh, you know, we really, in our culture, we love doing out cops and snuffing out cops, especially an American cop. It's like a gift from God, and uh, Seagal is able to pull the knife out and just slice that dude's hand off while he was holding the gun, which that was the first sign of, like, oh, this movie's going to be like a thing with, like, gore. Like, this dude's hand just came All off. Right.
1: So he can't jerk off with that hand anymore. Nope. So it's a, it's a tough break. He's,
0: he's going to have to do the stranger with his left. <laughs> and <laughs> the fight ensues. They try to get out of there. And they're working their way down this hallway where there's all these, like, little bordello rooms. And they open the – Chico opens a door, and it's a lady of the night. She's naked, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, no, no master, no master. <laughs> and then, boom, she's got a freaking gun and shoots him straight, square. In the, she doesn't even know what's going on. She just I guess she's part of the whole thing.
1: Oh, no, she's pretty much aware of that. I yeah, yeah. Mean- it was crazy, man.
0: I just didn't expect that. And uh, she just kills Chico right there. And then Segal does the thing because she closes the door. He does that thing where he, like, blindly just fucking sprays the area and he kills Once her. Once
1: again, worst DEA agent <laughs> ever. I mean, doesn't he have to record all the you know, you know the bullets that he uses up or you know, the shots that he's firing? <laughs> and plus the fact that, I mean, how large was that clip really? Didn't he just, like, empty it and then some?
0: I know. Oh, yeah. that This is one of those movies where bullets are just – they don't end. It's in, You have the infinity code. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't see a lot of that. And after that, he takes – I think he leaves with Chico and that old man, and the scene cuts, right? I think he ends up um, – now where we head to uh, Chicago after that. Yeah, because he has his partner's corpse there with him. When he mm-hmm. takes off. So we head to Chicago where apparently he's from. And he's in the middle of a confession because I guess, you know, he's Catholic. And
1: I mean, he's <laughs> wrecked with guilt in this case. I mean, look at that acting, that emotion oh, on his he's face. He's so
0: dead. He's like, <laughs> I father, I just killed a woman. I've lied. I've slept with informants. I've taken drugs. I've falsified evidence. I did whatever I had to do. Get back, guys. And I realized something. <laughs> I become what I despise most.
1: Oh, so so he became Bruce Lye.
0: <laughs> so the priest says, Ah, hey, don't worry, I've done worse. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> he tell no, he tells him to reconnect with his family and to just like let go of that person that the dark person that's in him, like let go and, and so he decides to retire. He's like 36 37 here i don't know how old he is here but i think he's Uh, supposed to be around that age
1: yeah roughly
0: he's probably older in real life i'm not sure but um his boss is is not happy this
1: this is when he's still in shape so oh i mean you could mid 30s and so forth but i mean he's still active he can move his arms around properly
0: yeah like he's got a bunch but he's always wearing black and loose clothes so it's like it's pretty hidden and he's still, yeah, he's still got a decent shape to him, and, um yeah, he can kind of move still. But, like, that's what's kind of magical about his fighting styles. He really doesn't need to do anything too crazy athletic, so he kind of gets away with not having to jump and stuff, you know? Yeah, <laughs> he
1: you know, he's kicks. not crouching, he's not jumping, you know, he'll, like, throw his uh, leg up, maybe... uh halfway to mid-height and then you know he's flailing his arms around like a whirling dervish
0: (laughs) so Segal heads to his uh to his his, i'm not sure if it's his family home but it's where his sister lives with her kid who's played by danielle harris who's um i think she was in i think the director actually directed halloween 4 um Mm -hmm. and she was in that movie so maybe he requested her to be in this movie as a for a little bit as the niece. She honestly um, has the easiest part in the movie, and we'll find out soon why.
1: <laughs> yeah she was in the Halloween Four, Five, and both Rob Zombie movies, and more recently she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh.
1: And added to the fact that she was actually on the show Roseanne for a time with the legendary Wings Hauser. <laughs>
0: Old Wigs God, you gotta love him. Mm-hmm. And um, at first, she's like, "You're not my uncle. My uncle lives far away, and he never comes here. And I don't know how he looks." And he's like, she, "He's like, bitch, I'm your uncle, kid.
1: All I'm saying is run now, because there's a lot of sexual harassment and lawsuits coming his way."
0: <laughs> also, does anyone look like Steven Seagal? Like, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's your uncle. Have you seen one photo of him ever?" Like. You-
1: uh, Maybe it's (laughs) a movie. So suspension of disbelief,
0: I guess so. So he walks in, he says hi to everyone. There's a little party shindig. He's getting all, you know, he's trying to, this is the part where we're supposed to be like, oh, look, he can be happy. And he goes into his bedroom, and he has a bunch of pictures of himself. They basically have a bunch of pictures of Steven Seagal when he was young, and, yeah, and uh... then
1: and then there comes the picture of him and Keith David. That looks almost real, other than you know. I mean, in their time in Vietnam, you can yep. age it a little more, but it looks closer to them in age. And then for some reason, he he takes a gun off the wall. That's like a stopwatch and just fiddles around with that for a few minutes. And I don't know why.
0: Yeah. I straight up thought that was like a pocket watch at first. I was like, Oh wait, that's a kind of gun. Like what the, yeah, that was interesting. Um, it almost kind of seemed like he could never fix it. And then he was able to fix it. I don't know. That's,
1: that's why he's special.
0: That's why he knows stuff. So Uh then, uh, then he heads to his old high school where we do see his old friend who I think his name is max in this movie. Uh, Keith's character, Mm Mm-hmm and he runs into them. He's his friends, a football coach at the high school that he went to. I think it's Lincoln Heights, maybe. And uh, Yeah. Um, we all, it's so random because the movie's just kind of going. And then in Chicago, I'm not sure what the Jamaican population is in Chicago, but all of a sudden we see a bunch of some Jamaican – I think it's two guys actually, two Jamaican guys that are in their thirties talking to a bunch of kids. <laughs>
1: at the high yeah, school. Okay, so they're you know, they're international exchange students, seniors. <laughs> they got like full
0: blown beards and shit. It's
1: so weird. Hey, you know, you know, they I mean you know, they they do something, you know, like you know, <laughs> I don't know, eat so, okay, you know, all right, they're out of place.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, that would never fly now. Like, if you're in your 30s and you go to a high school, they'll be like, ew, like, get the hell away from us. But they're, try- they're trying to show the kids drugs. Like, they're basically giving them a free handout to try to get them hooked. And I think this one girl actually agrees to do crack at some point, which is insane. He's like, ah, oh, y'all couldn't handle this.
1: Oh, I would definitely go for it. She's like,
0: I can do it. He's like, all right, cool. Here, give it a try. <laughs> which I think is kind of smart on their point because, I mean, this is a, definitely a suburban area, like where he, where Segal grew up. Looks like a pretty nice, you know, Chicago suburban neighborhood. So, oh
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah
0: these these kids come from uh, at least some upper middle class money. You know, they, white yeah white people. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so, after all that, we do notice that Max does notice the Jamaican people, and they kind of. They kind of look eye to eye, and they're just kind of dogging each other, and then they get into the truck. So right away we know Max is not fond of these Jamaican cats coming through the school.
1: Yep, those 'er ne'er-do-wells are causing shenanigans all over the place.
0: It's just insane. So then in the next scene, we see it's nighttime, and we have uh, some dudes enter a garage, and uh, this guy in a full suit who's kind of like a Colombian local kingpin guy um, is... Pissed off at the Jamaicans because they're dealing in his territory and they're going on to the suburban areas. And like what me and Steve were saying, it's a white area and you have Jamaican Jamaican people coming through. The cops are going to start sniffing around because the races and, <laughs> and <laughs> then they're going to go to the Colombians first because they're the ones that notoriously own that territory drug wise. And he's like, so they're going to come sniffing on me and not you first. So I'm the one that's going to get screwed over because y'all are fucking around. So then Screwface, um, we meet Screwface here, and he's the leader of of the syndicate, of the Jamaican syndicate. He tries to make a deal with them, something like they're the ones that will package the drugs and ship it to them. And then the Colombians can actually, um, actually deal the drugs out in the streets. So that way there's mm-hmm. no Jamaicans that have to go out there. And he, the Colombian's like, I'll think about it, but he's kind of bullshitting because then he goes to a damn culindera. Um
1: Oh, wait, hold on. I uh, got to hold up for a second. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, did I miss uh, something? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know towards the end of There's something I did miss. <laughs> yes, go ahead, all right. go ahead. All right. So towards the end of the meeting, as he's talking to Screwfit, he's, all of a sudden he looks over. Then he sees what looks like. Screwface over oh, in the corner, going around, you know, a pillar.
0: It's freaking bonkers, y'all! Like I was like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck just happened?" Because yeah, basically, someone Screwface, okay, a second Screwface, Screw Two finishes <laughs> finishes a line that the original Screw Screw One was saying, and I'm like, "Wait, what the fuck does he have?" okay, I get that there's going to be maybe a magical element to this movie, but how magical? Like, I started freaking out. I was like, wait a minute. Does this guy have, like, mutant powers? <laughs>
1: like holy Well, shit. it'll all be answered towards the end of yes. the movie. But, yeah, that's what it feeds into, you know, with the voodoo, and there's a second over there. Or so, you know, making him out to be more powerful than he truly is.
0: Yeah, we learn. Um, that's something that we uh, I didn't mention, but we do learn about. I think it's called Obia, which is a. Jamaican I don't even know how to say that word secretic religion secretic religion I don't know but it's uh yes it's kind of like Great Haitian job. voodoo <laughs> uh, and santería so I didn't know any about that stuff so I actually looked into it just because I was like oh like what is all this stuff that they're doing and I'm sure it's all like done up for the movie maybe not everything is accurate I would like to look a little more into it cuz I kind of find that stuff interesting a little bit um, not that I do any of that just because, uh, it scares me, but, <laughs> but... Food,
1: everybody needs a hobby.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going st- to make a little freaking, um, <laughs> I'm going to make a little voodoo doll of, of Tim Yobo. <laughs> just, You're going to remove the bag. You're going to stab him right in the bag. <laughs> and I don't mean the bag on his head.
1: <laughs> oh, ouch. Ha-cha. Oh, Tim, you are getting <laughs> breaking <laughs>
0: so the colombian goes to this cool and data and he asks her to basically curse Screwface and he gives her a shitload of money and a photo of him and she does this like this is kind of an interesting scene she does like a full seance type of thing she spits bacardi rum everywhere spits on a rooster uh does some incantation stuff in spanish and then cuts the rooster's head off and lets it bleed onto the Onto this bucket that has bones and shit. With Screwface's photo in it. And I guess this shit is legit. Because Screwface wakes up from one sweaty fucking nightmare. Like mm-hmm. this guy's drenched. And he's like. Someone's cursing me. <laughs> like, <I don't
1: laughs> think it's, it's... Yeah that's that sixth sense quality. Yeah his
0: cursy sense went off. You know. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't know the half of it.
0: <laughs> so Seagal and his. Uh, his homie Max. Head into this live music bar. To, to catch up. And they end up eyeballing. Uh, Some Jamaican cats that are coming through that, especially one of them that was at the school. And we actually find out here that Max's 13 year old nephew died in a crack house that is run by these Jamaicans. So it's actually been personal for him. Uh, So now we know his motivation, because at first I'm like, damn, why is he so like eager about getting into this whole vigilante stuff? Because he's the one that's really into it. Seagal's like, I don't know, man, this might not be a good idea because I've been doing this for a living and I haven't made a dent
1: Yeah, I'm retired. Let's go. Uh, (laughs) Sorry about your kid.
0: Can't we just drink and hit on women? Like, what do we got to do this?
1: uh, Oh, I like her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looks like the drug war has officially begun because all of a sudden we see some of the Colombian guys come in. They head upstairs and these Jamaican cats just shoot their shit out of all of them. Uh, Seagal does stop one of them from killing one of the guys and he's like you're dead motherfucker. This isn't Nesta I think this is the one that they call Monkey I think that's his name. Yeah it's, it's Monkey and he's like you're you're dead man walking blah 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 and he ends up getting arrested and uh, they arrest Monkey and he's like super pissed off so now right away this is how Seagal gets all basically involved in this whole fucking thing and after they arrest him we meet um First of all, the cops of the town, the, mm-hmm. the sheriff has a killer mustache. Just want to oh, let y'all know. yeah,
1: it, that's a great one.
0: There's a there's a kind of a sweaty-looking big guy in the background that also has a dope mustache. Keep a lookout for him.
1: Oh, I already saw him.
0: <laughs> And then we also find out that... Um, oh, and so we meet FBI agent. I forget this guy. He's a character actor. I've seen him in um, some shit. It's,
1: it's Kevin Dunn as Agent Sal Roselli. So, yeah, he knows of... Uh, you know, John Hatcher slash Steven Seagal, you know from back in the days of the DEA. Hey, I guess they worked together. Yeah. And then, you know, was I believe he's talking to uh, Joanna Pacula.
0: Yeah, Joanna uh, Pacula's in this. From she's a mustachiosa from uh, Tombstone. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she is awesome in that movie. And uh, this movie not that much not great <laughs> but i mean they don't really give her a lot to do and our personality or anything she's basically a, a walking talking uh google search for for our homie seagal because uh, she teaches them everything about the uh, posse culture and all that stuff
1: and like i said earlier sexual harassment lawsuits i mean <laughs> i get the feeling something really bad happened during this whole shoot but they kind of swept it under the rug but i mean kudos for her for surviving it
0: oh no kidding i mean he He's like – he does give off a creeper vibe and, like, I can't – if you give off a creeper vibe on camera, I can't imagine what it is, like, in real life. Um,
1: I mean, it's got to be so much worse. Jesus.
0: Oof, oof. And so we get a good look at Screwface in the next scene because he has no shirt on. And this dude has, like, built-in grippies on his skin. Like, <laughs> it's like well, – it, what is that? It, is that it, it, burn marks or, like, branding? Uh, I don't know what that is.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I think it might be branding, but it was like Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther had the same uh, thing all over his body as well. So it could be something like a branding, but I'm not sure what it really is. Yeah, it
0: looks intense, and they have the uh, Kulandetta lady um, on a table, and they're doing like a full seance thing, like a ritualistic way of uh, killing her. And he uh, stabs the shit out of her, and she is gone now. I think he tells her to say hello to that Colombian guy and help. So, um I guess the guy from Thinner all he had to do was kill that old gypsy dude. <laughs> he would have just been fine, but uh Hey it all
1: it all worked out for him in the end. Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh we head to a club where uh, everyone is dancing in a way that I'm pretty sure there wasn't any music playing in that venue. <laughs> like, not that you know. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how this song should be danced to. <laughs> and we meet my favorite character in the movie, Jimmy Fingers. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, he is. Oh, this guy is a class
0: actor. Oh my god, this guy was like in the wrong movie. <laughs> I was like Jimmy Fingers, go back to your mafia movie. What are you doing over here, bro? And uh, so he apparently works. He's helping out the Jamaican syndicate with different things. He's, I, I he paid off basically the bail. Uh, the the not the bailiff. Uh, the bond to be able to get out, uh, monkey. So monkey's out already. It's been what probably less than 24 hours.
1: Yeah, about
0: that. And he's already out. Jimmy Fingers uh, is doing his thing. And then uh, we we head to the basement of the club where everyone is sorting out the crack rocks and all that stuff. Drug stuff is happening. Yeah. And Screwface comes through and he gives maybe one of his most intense speeches where he gives some philosophy stuff and talks about... If somebody hurts you, wouldn't you want to hurt him back? And he gets like up in—I think it's up in Monkey's Grill—and mm-hmm. I mean uncomfortably close. Like he is deep in this man's bubble. Like I'm just like, bro, I, what the? I fuck? mean,
1: he—I mean—he's a definite motivator of his employees. A, a real team leader. Go get her. He
0: really is. Like it's a mixture of—I've never seen such a great mixture of motivation and fear. He's like, I want y'all to win. But also I'll fucking kill you if you don't like, oh shit, okay, okay, coach. Hey, ho, easy there,
1: we'll do it for you, man, you just don't have to be so rough. I mean, you're aggressive, that's great, but I mean, there's a way to redirect that creatively.
0: (laughs) And he's got like these creepy-ass contacts on, which I don't think they're supposed, I think they're supposed to be like his real eyes in the movie, but it is just, it makes him look a thousand times creepier to me but also kind of steam, also kind of sexy so i'm very confused when i see this guy
1: oh dude man you are having moments there (laughs) i mean you know waxing your asshole in the last episode and
0: such i know holy shit uh so then uh we (laughs) you had to bring that up so (laughs) (laughs) we we see here that uh it's someone just sent uh a friend of mine just sent me a She's probably listening, but she just sent me a, a link to where I could go get my asshole waxed here in San Antonio. So I'm looking forward to that, y'all. Uh, don't know if I'm going to cover that on the show. Um,
1: I think you should. Should I do a
0: waxing my asshole episode?
1: <laughs> I mean, It's a bonus episode, you know, kind of like a mini, only um, – um, oh, yeah, bingo card.
0: There you go. <laughs> the mustachioed astachio or I don't know. I'll think of something. See?
1: No, you just thought of it. That's perfect. <laughs>
0: So uh, we get in another scene where Seagal's trying to run, and he's telling Max not to fucking get involved in this whole drug shit because you know what? If they're not messing with us and they're not you know fucking with us, then why the hell are we going to mess with them? Let's just focus on our families and enjoy our life. And then they get all shot up in the house because <laughs> because that's just the way it goes in these movies.
1: I mean, that shit just happens. I mean, Keith David leaves and then all of a sudden and this Beamer comes you know, racing by with the posse and the gun and it's just <laughs> – oh, wow.
0: It is intense. Like the – I will say um, – what's the director's name again?
1: Uh, Dwight Little. Dwight
0: Little. He does a pre- – he's not the best. Like there's not – the best shots aren't in this movie, but he does a great job of capturing a lot of the actiony stuff to try to make this movie feel like an action movie. And the gun stuff and the, the, the car stuff, I have a lot of fun with this. Like, oh, yeah. it's intense. Like, so they shoot up the house, and everyone ducks except for one person, and that happens to be his niece. And uh, um, I'm sorry to laugh. It's a movie. <laughs> so then –
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a family movie. <laughs> you, you got – I mean, just – this is
0: this is heart. Uh, I was going to say heartwarming, but no. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it depends on where the bullet went. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we see uh, we see Seagal's sister holding up her daughter, and she's like, "They shot my baby. Are they hurt my baby?" And it's really sad. She got capped, so we get to the hospital where we find out she will need surgery to cover. His uh, sister's super pissed off. She blames Seagal for getting involved in this whole shit. Honestly, none of this was happening before he came over, so, yeah. Yeah, no, she's just...
1: absolutely right. <laughs> but, you know, I got to commend Seagal. I mean, yeah, for how he acts and such, uh, she, he puts the correct amount of, I guess, emotion in the sequence where you see this, like, guess, rage just seeping in from under the surface and it's just, you know, it's kind of built up to that point where shit's gonna go down.
0: Yeah, this is when you know, oh, this is what pushes the movie forward. Because I was like, I knew knew something was gonna happen. I wasn't 100% sure yet. And it turns out it's this. And then we get a scene of the the niece and she's she's now in the bed in like a comatose state and she's in the hospital bed and this is where she made some easy money. I if I was an actor, I would love a part where at some point I'm get to I get to just lay in a hospital bed for like. Yeah,
1: I mean she's tech, she could be just sleeping there yeah. honestly, I mean, you know, for what like eight to twelve hours depending on child labor laws.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we never see her again, so I'm figuring she died. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
1: You know, these things work out that way. You can pay your scale. No? Okay, we're good.
0: Uh, and this is when the movie, to me, kicks off. Because Seagal and Max decide to work together. They both mean business now. They visit Jimmy Fingers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is maybe one of the best scenes of the movie where Jimmy Fingers is, is with a couple of ladies of the night. Mm-hmm. And he gets confronted uh, by Seagal and gets his ass whooped and he's telling him, give me some information on these guys, like let me know what's up and Jimmy Fingers isn't giving shit up, he's pissed off uh, apparently he was he was in Atlantic City doing all this mob shit and now he's over here doing mob shit, selling guns to the Jamaicans, they wrestle around for a little bit, Jimmy brings out another gun, he's in his underwear by the way this whole scene, like a oh, black yeah, you know, spandex I mean- underwear <laughs>
1: Honestly, he's trying to look tough, you know, but even with the gun, no, it's not working. Oh,
0: man. Not working out, and he brings out the gun, and I did not expect this to happen, but Jimmy Fingers gets shot straight in the face, like right in the middle of the forehead. (laughs) I was like, holy shit, I didn't think he was going to go full vigilante. I thought he was going to, like, knock guys out, but nope.
1: Oh, no. Come on, this is Seagal. He's got to go full vigilante. <sighs> and honestly, he could have said it was a hair trigger. Yep.
0: And He gives you like he asks you twice, and if you don't give him any information, you are gonna die now. So in the middle of all this, uh, Jamaican guy, I think his name's Nesta, comes through, uh, right?
1: No, that uh, no, it's actually Monkey. Uh, I oh, think is this it one Monkey?
0: Monkey? No, it's Nesta. Right. This one's Nesta. All right,
1: no, it, Nesta. Sorry. Yeah, about this bad.
0: one Monkey gets his later. So so Nesta comes through. And uh, of course, he gets his ass whooped. And then Segal starts asking him questions, and this guy just yells "Hell Hydra!" and he jumps out the window.
1: <laughs> like oh. honestly, I mean, honestly, if Screwface was your boss, wouldn't you do the same thing?
0: Yeah, because he says something like, "Oh, it's like a thousand deaths if I like, if I screw over Screwface or something like that." It was like it—the punishment. They kind of almost worship him, and so. Basically, fucking him over is worse than just killing yourself. And so he jumps out. And honestly, I was pretty impressed with the the scene of, of him falling out of the building and then running into the car. That shit looked pretty legit. I was like, damn.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a real good dummy work unless, you know, they used an actual dead body. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's, some movies actually done that, just throw a dead body over. <laughs> I mean, Nesta, we hardly knew you. Shit, man. And so Seagal gets into the car with Max. Max had this job easy. He just basically chilled out. He was the lookout probably. And so he goes, so how'd it go? And Segal says, one thought he was invincible. The other thought he could fly. And Max goes, so? They were both wrong. <laughs> it's like uh, It was
1: a great delivery. I mean, it was supposed to come off as a joke. But, you know, with his delivery, eh, you know, maybe you have to rework it.
0: <laughs> After that, the detective... Uh, speaks to, I guess, at this point, we don't know who, there's There's a Jamaican guy that is helping, uh, we find out his name is Charles, but he's been helping the detective, but we don't have any idea who he is yet. They never mentioned who he is, they never introduced him to anyone, so I just thought he was a, an informant or something.
1: It was like a brief introduction, you know, just after the bar fight, uh, mm. but no, they. I, I hear them say Charles, so you know, So it's just really quick.
0: Because I... I completely missed it. I, I was like,
1: who's this guy? <laughs> he's Oh no, it's it's fine. They said it's so low that you could, honestly you can miss and You're still okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we he gets his, a a proper introduction eventually. But um, he says something. Um, he tells them all what went, went down inside the place, and the det- the detective somehow automatically sees this as oh, this is Hatcher's work. This is de- <laughs> this is the look of a Hatcher just like doing his serial killer shit and killing people. I'm like, dude, he's, he's like, what the hell? He's not a serial killer. Like, what the hell? What do you mean this is his well, work? Well, no,
1: the dude, the DEA had to cover for Hatcher for a number of years so they know what his work looks like. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just
0: killing everyone and not getting information. And uh, we then see Screwface. He's just having a good day playing dominoes with the boys when he gets informed of uh, Nesta and Jimmy Finger's death. And he's like, oh, uh, so Nesta's dead? And uh, his guy's like, oh. yeah. And he's just kind of like, he's kind of pr- still playing, uh, and he loses his
1: shit. Yeah, he says, yeah, uh, this is dead. You know, white boy Hatcha.
0: <laughs> yeah, he goes, white boy Hatcha. <laughs> and, man, I love the move of flipping the table over, grabbing one of the table legs, and just bitch-slapping one of your own guys hey. just because he's right there and you're mad. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. got to love that. Uh,
1: and, then, and then, of course, he's got to say, I want Hatcha dead. I want his family dead.
0: Oh, yeah. If you don't kill
1: him, I go kill him myself, and then I go kill you.
0: Yeah, I'm like And Oof. I
1: am, I am so sorry about that impression. It's racially offensive, and I apologize. But I felt I had to do it. I know. I was,
0: I was like, I'm just going to let him do it. He seems to be having a good time.
1: <laughs> you can cut this out later, mind you.
0: <laughs> no, no, it was fine. All right. And uh, <laughs> so, so uh, Sagal arrives home, and uh, he looks up. Uh, it looks like they have broke in and left some symbols. We see like – which, by the way, I didn't realize at first, but it's a cow tongue on the door with a black cross. And then in the entry, they have that symbol that we saw earlier um, in the movie. And that's how – I think the um, Charles saw it earlier in the movie, and he mentions what it all means and stuff. It's like a blood symbol. And then Seagal goes to visit the dock who we oh, yeah. they've had all of i don't know uh, 30 seconds she's she's been in the movie for 30 seconds but i i thought there was she was gonna be like a love interest but that never goes that direction um nope. <laughs> oh. and so i'm sure upon her request like can you make sure <laughs> i don't have to touch this person so we find out that this ideogram is that Jamaican blood symbol, and that the cow's tongue on the door is not good, and <laughs> that the black cross means that his yeah, family's marked.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things that, you know, require a remodeling of the house for beginner's sakes, and then, you know, maybe you should just move.
0: Yeah, I think at this point, it's like, eh, you might want to get out. It's been shot <laughs> up 50,000 times, and- and there's a cow tongue hanging on it. So Sigal so calls his niece. Uh, oh, not his niece. He calls his, his sister. And she's back at the house, and she just got back from the hospital. And they're talking, and she's like, he's like, can you go check outside to see if the security's there? Like, we might be in danger. He, d- I don't even think he says it yet, but he's like, just go check. And the security isn't there, and all of a sudden the phone line cuts off, and they attack her. We have, like, two guys attacking her. She does a decent job of trying to get away, but eventually Screwface gets her. He spits like some shit in her face, which I guess like is knockout juice. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it was like a, a powder of some kind. So maybe a psychotropic drug, perhaps.
0: Man, Cosby style.
1: I mean, that's strong <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so um, it's too bad that these guys have to do a whole ritual to to hurt somebody. Because, but although I, I realized, I thought they were gonna kill. They were trying to kill her, but no, they were just trying to like curse her or something. Um. So so then that gives Seagal plenty of time To get to the house He heads into the house The dudes are just gone somehow I'm like what did they do Jump the fence in the backyard I don't know where they went So then anyway Screwface paints a symbol on the sister And he says he owns her now And I'm not sure what that means Or what that curse means
1: Oh you, you know, I mean you could just imagine Like let it run wild You know <laughs> yeah, You'll have some fun in one sense But in the other sense Oh boy <laughs> Not good
0: So so Seagal and Max have a stakeout in the hood uh, just keeping an eye out for the gang, and uh, they pull up next to that Beamer where the two dudes that broke into the house are just chilling, and Seagal brings out a weapon and tells them to put their hands up, and this guy in the backseat brings out a damn shotgun – And we get a pretty dope-ass car chase scene here.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, This is kind of like the centerpiece of the movie,
0: actually. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, them driving around the streets of Chicago. And then, of course, it's got to lead into them smashing into the jewelry store.
0: Oh, that is so good, dude. Like, them going into that jewelry store and the hardcore shootout that happens there. And then Seagal just does his throwy karate or, like... (laughs) I forget what the kind of martial arts he uses. I forget what it's called. It's not karate.
1: Uh, I want to say it's Aikido. Aikido, you're right. Uh, honestly, there's been debate over the years as to, like, uh, how much of an expert he actually is. So yeah. oh, we can just, you know, equate it to, um, I don't know, Aikido. Let's yeah. go with that.
0: He uses your, like, energy and weight to, like, push you far distances, apparently. And so he is just basically throwing a bunch of jamaicans in a different types of breakable glass and uh because we're in a jewelry store so there's like cabinets of glass there's glass walls there's mirrors there's like all kinds of shit so they're all
1: oh and, everything's breaking. and don't and don't forget about the body parts being broken at least one arm and one leg. Oh
0: yeah that arm break so in this in this the uh, toward the end of this scene he's fighting this guy and it's a slow break y'all like he brings mm-hmm. this guy's arm back and you just see it crack and it oh and then it goes kind of ragged it's just like oh shit bro shit. like i yeah. felt that i had like hold on my arm i was like damn
1: i mean these were when breaks actually meant something in the movies Hell, holy yeah. shit
0: and uh the other guy he just rams his head into a bunch of different glass uh cases and and it's so funny cuz then they kind of walk away him and max all like yeah we did our business
1: no, it's pretty much with was it Max after all that that Hatcher you know, Segal has done. Max just comes running up, takes the butt of his shotgun, and just you know oh, hits yeah. the other guy in the it's, head. Yeah, the
0: guy with the broken arm because he was still kind of yes. awake, and he hits him in the head. And I'm like, these guys were fighting and shooting and breaking shit for like at least ten minutes. Not one cop came through. Like, damn, they don't give a fuck in that area.
1: Yeah, it's a lawless town. I guess
0: so. It's like this. It's not even like a major city, and uh, it's it's fucking Chicago. Yeah, but it <laughs> looks like they're like in a suburban town of Chicago. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how to explain. It. I could explain it in San Antonio terms, no, it, but
1: yeah, it's like a suburb of Chicago. It's kind of like oh, they're in Chicago, but they're kind of like in a subdivision. Yeah small city version of Chicago. So not Chicago, just like, you know, like they definitely have their Lincoln. own
0: cops that have Lincoln Heights PD. Yeah, that's know? it. Uh, so the, the next scene we are with uh, the doc and her and Segal have uh, become rather chummy over the last two minutes that they've been together and um, absolutely have no idea what her character's about. Still, uh, she, uh, he, she tells him a little bit more about the Jamaican voodoo posse culture she mentioned something about Seagal needing to take out of uh, take out Screwhead to prove that he's got bigger magic than him. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means, y'all. Yep. I don't want to uh, know.
1: No, it's essentially you know, he has to essentially kill Screwface and chop his head off to show his group that he is the dominant. Uh, essentially, it's like he's the alpha male. Yeah. Essentially, and that's the only way that will get the posse to leave town. Essentially. Oh, oh
0: God. This is There's video game stories that have make more sense. So maybe uh, one of the most emotional scenes occurs, uh, for me personally, y'all, when Seagal gets ambushed by two incredibly slow-moving construction vehicles and they destroy his dope-ass ride in this movie. He's uh, got such that, a cool yeah. car.
1: I mean, that is heartbreaking, honestly.
0: They just freaking ram into it. They tear up the, the top of the car and then they trap him inside. Um, screw Screwface comes through, and he says something like, say, uh, meet my sister. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I want you to meet my sister, goddess of fire.
0: You almost did the accent. I heard you try. Almost, You're going to do no, it. Almost. <laughs> and,
1: you know, I, I got to cut myself <laughs> off here.
0: This is why I got the shaggy accent out right away because I was like, I, will, I just need to get out of my system.
1: Oh, I should have done that at the beginning yep. then.
0: So then, I mean, it's not really a great – this is a very James Bond plan where it's like we're going to throw the fire in there. We're assuming he's going to die. We're gonna, But yet he still has plenty of room to get out if he has to, which he does. Even though he's a big guy, he still manages to squeeze out. And it explodes. The car explodes and bye uh, bye car. I don't even – Oh,
1: that poor, poor car. It, what is that? It's a,
0: it's a, it's a Ford. But I, can't, I don't know. You, it,
1: no, it's, uh, I forget what year Mustang it but is, is. But it's dope. But man it's just a wonderful it's like wonderful a hatchback machine. version or
0: something I don't know it looks it looks fucking cool I, I'm not that it's, familiar with that model but I liked it a lot uh,
1: but I mean Jesus I mean just uh,
0: Char- Charlie's probably listening to me Charlie and Robbie are like oh, how does this asshole not know what this car is <laughs> uh, so then we see Seagal and Max getting some ammunition from this random guy Uh <laughs> <laughs> we've never yeah, met where the
1: hell did he, i mean you know plot device mind you but still where the fuck did he show up from
0: <laughs> yeah it's yeah. the all interested in like he's like oh are you still sober <laughs> it's like like that's how you build chemistry with someone that you've never yeah. seen in a movie hey, are you still not drinking and fucking it's so funny and then that's when we get a formal introduction of charles who turns out he is a cop from jamaica who has been basically trying to hunt down Screwface this whole time and his whole outfit. And that basically brought him all the way over to Chicago. And now it turns out Screwface has now left Chicago and he's gone back to Jamaica. So Seagal's like, hey, you know, sometimes three is not a crowd. You know what I mean? Basically what I'm saying, let's go to Jamaica. Yeah,
1: I don't like where this is heading. (laughs)
0: He's like, I'm not saying I want to fuck. I just, I just want to go to Jamaica. The line didn't work. So then um, we get <laughs> – that's not a bad – got to work on it. Uh, so <laughs> we, get, we get a montage scene of our vigilante heroes creating spy weapons and super-powered silencers and –
1: I mean, most of them won't be used, you know, during the uh, the tail end of the movie, but it's still a cool montage, especially when Seagal comes up with the new silencers for his rifle.
0: Dude, that's bonkers. Like, he comes on the silencer for a rifle. We see that Charles comes up with, like, a camcorder that you can fit a gun into
1: (laughs) for no reason. Mm -hmm. Well— no, well, considering how big the camcorders were back in the day, yeah, yeah. That, that definitely checks out. It makes
0: sense. Yeah, they, they were pretty hardcore. They were hefty back then. And it's an interesting scene. At some point, Seagal just shoots up a giant slab of meat that happens to be hanging where they're making these guns. I,
1: it, It's to show how silent it was, and honestly, you could barely hear it. Yeah,
0: it was really silent. I was like, I don't know if that's possible, but okay, whatever. So... I
1: I have I have actually seen them that quiet before but honestly, you know, I think they they did some um sweetening of the audio oh, totally. to cut down on it still. Yeah. Oh. That may have been but- purely
0: cosmetic in the actual movie.
1: But now i got to ask this question. How the fuck do they get all those weapons to Jamaica? That's what I
0: was wondering. That's why I thought they did the camcorder gun thing. I was like, oh, maybe like they're just trying to sneak these guns over. But then I'm like, okay, you're not going to sneak over that giant-ass freaking sniper rifle with a silencer. Mm-hmm. So it's extra freaking huge. So, yeah, I don't know how they – I don't know if they used resources, but they're all vigilantes now. So – it's not like they can use the DEA's resources or get helicoptered in or something. So I have no idea. The movie just assumes that Jamaica, I guess, is is just a couple of just get a boat and just <laughs> paddle your way over there, baby. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I mean, as they're going over, they end up running into John, they run into Schwarzenegger
0: from Commando. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> holy shit so we are on the streets of jamaica and charles is showing max around and seagal isn't this in this scene so i'm assuming he's in a strip club <laughs> i don't know he's just enjoying the the sights
1: <laughs> yeah he's back in that strip club in Colombia, <laughs> listening to gerardo
0: <laughs> so uh, they speak to an informant who whose information is just him holding up a picture of a really pretty woman and then saying she she goes here to dance and they pay him. That's not bad. I almost want to be an informant at this point. Like that doesn't seem that hard. And uh, this is because apparently I guess screw screwface. No wait, is it screw?
1: Yeah, no, you're okay. right. It's Screwface. <laughs> <laughs> he uh,
0: he hangs out with this chick or or there's some something about this chick, right? Because what? Tell me. Yeah. I get confused. All
1: right. All right, no, it's just he used, you know, she used to hang out with Screwface, Ace okay. you know because you know, it was a combination. You know he paid her, her, and also you know she had fun with him. But uh, because, you know, because he ended up killing her sister, I guess through you know, drug related issue. Right. Who, who now she wants to get back at him. But it's just how it's not so much how she's introduced in the scene in the club, but how Seagal is introduced in the scene. Oh, in the it club. is I so mean,
0: cringy and weird.
1: I mean, I know there are white people in the background, and there I saw a couple of them, but it's just he really sticks mm-hmm. out. I think it a black suit with uh, white cuffs, and it's just like he's trying to pull off a, a Miami Vice thing with the jacket, it, but it's just gone so wrong.
0: It is so bad, and it's also the fact that we have an actual uh, – Jimmy Cliff is performing, I think, in this scene. Yeah, the
1: yeah, the legendary Jimmy Cliff, you know, who actually did four songs for the soundtrack and shows up, you know, in the scene. It's uh, so it's, it's just, good. Like, like
0: the the music's good. She's like dancing, super hot, and all. So Gall does is walk up, not smile, not make a face, cross his arms, and not move. Everyone else is dancing, awesome, and he just looks like this stiff statue creeper person staring at this girl. And for some reason, she comes up to him, like like he has some kind of magnetic sex thing going on i don't know it's very weird
1: all right this goes back to my earlier example of being the worst dea agent <laughs> honestly supposed to be undercover i mean how many members of the posse are actually no in the shit club? uh and they don't even say to Screwface, hey white boy hatcher is here
0: it's it's fucking bonkers man like how's this guy not been caught more it's just ridiculous dude so anyway she does tell him all that stuff and so then that's when that's, I think that's how they're able to find out where he's actually located, right? Like his, um, his compound that he has and all that stuff. And, yeah, um,
1: and, it, and it was at the day of, you know, a big party that's going on there, where he just happens to uh, walk into a room and he realizes that Hatcher is actually in, you uh, know, in the area for some reason. Magically, right? Magical. Yeah, his magic powers. Yeah. Yeah, with the voodoo stuff. The voodoo
0: stuff, yeah, because he 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 wakes up sweaty again, y'all. And I, I know Jamaica's hot, but I mean, this guy's rich. He could afford some kind of system, AC, something, or, you know, yeah, fans. <laughs> and he goes up to this little like plate thing that has like markings on it, and he grabs like little bones, and he just kind of rolls them like dice. And he's like, "Look upon this man, he dead, and he don't even know <laughs> it." So,
1: yeah, he really shouldn't talk about
0: that one, honestly. <laughs> so uh, we see our guys working their way toward uh, Screw's mansion where he has armed guards uh, posted up. And Zagal uses finger signs instead of whispering, even though they're far away from the scene and there's loud music playing. So there's no way anyone can fucking hear them. I would be like, hey, I think we can talk at this volume and we'll be okay. We don't need to do finger signs. But What? <laughs> what? are you saying? Why are you flipping me off? <laughs> and the movie unfolds fairly quickly at this point. Uh, we get some dope sniper shots. This becomes like Hitman, uh, the video game where you're just looking through the sniper rifle and he's just killing dudes. He kills that one guy that's like smoking a joint. I'm like, damn. Oh, yeah. He was high and he fell f- from a high place. <laughs> so he mm-hmm. goes down the-
1: yeah, that comedown was really <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the the guys infiltrate the compound and Seagal straight up explodes a part of the building and um, Max who's camped out in the woods just starts just shooting everybody. He's got a dope ass freaking some kind of assault rifle or something. And all the lights are shut off so Seagal puts on night vision goggles. So they use some of this stuff we saw them use but still we don't know how fucking we have no idea how the hell they brought this stuff over. Um, and his, his night vision goggles look like, it looks like if the game, the original game boy was in VR, <laughs> like it's just oh, green and yeah, blurry like the
1: virtual. Yeah, yeah. It's like the virtual yeah. boy only instead of red you know, 3d graphics, it's, it's green just, 3d yep, graphics, it's <laughs> muddy
0: green. I'm like, dude, I feel like I could see better if I just let my eyes adjust to the darkness. <laughs> So uh Seagal eventually finds his way and it screws uh it looks like a sex temple at first, but it it I it guess it's like a where he does a lot of his rituals and we see that he has like a setup of Seagal's photos. I guess he got it when they broke into the house. Um, it covered in blood and they're like in a bucket, so he's already like put a curse on him. What do you think that like what do you think happens when someone's done that to you? Like you think like, Oh, that explains why I've had diarrhea the last three days or
1: you know, I I will go with that uh, explanation because as uh, honestly, uh, me not being a big proponent or believer into voodoo, uh, it could just mean that you know uh, something bad's gonna happen, but like you don't feel death looming at your door, or because you're just more concerned about staying alive. Some some shit. Like
0: yeah, that. I think if anything, it's like I think as the person practicing the religion, I think in your mind you're like. I have an advantage over this person, and even if it's not, if you're a skeptic and you don't think it's real, I think there could be a placebo effect where it gives you a sense of confidence over somebody's life. You know, so it could yeah, be something it, like that too.
1: Yeah, purely psychological. Yeah,
0: but so. either way, it's very creepy. And um, oh yeah, they end up capturing Segal. So this is the one time he kind of struggles, and even then, not really, because they tie him up. They put him in the weakest ass leather cuffs that he just able to pop off as if he like hulked out or some shit. I don't know.
1: And this and this is where Screwface's brigade comes in and gets their asses handed to them well, just I have,
0: so quickly. I have a theory, Steve. I have a theory. It's really what? fucking hard to fight when you're high as shit. <laughs> well, yeah, that seems more like reasonable. one punch feels like it's going really fast, but you're just going like it's slow motion. You're like, oh fuck, he hit uh, me five times.
1: I mean he's gonna throw a like no, he threw a left. God damn <laughs> oh, it. shit.
0: Oh, it's all happening so quick, but it's so tough.
1: I was supposed to be more prepared for that. I was I mean,
0: not. no joke, some of this looks like he's fighting like three stooges like characters. Mm-hmm. Like it is so bad.
1: Yeah, anyways, at one point he takes like three guys and essentially locks them up and knocks oh them out. Oh my god!
0: And it's eventually down to just Screwface and Seagal, and Screw tells uh, Seagal that he likes to kill, but he's just an empty shell inside, which is kind of honest. Like that's actually kind of seems like what Seagal is in this movie. Um, oh yeah. And what I'm sorry, dude. This was the quickest boss fight because at the point at this point, I thought, okay, like this is the end, right? Because I was, he wasn't checking the timeline. And Segal just throws dirt in his face, and then he's uh, a scarf, a Scarface, Screwface. <laughs>
1: oh, I wish it was Al Pacino. Damn it, Screwface.
0: Uh, kind of swipes down the sword because it's a sword fight. He blocks it and then takes the sword away. He fucking chops his nuts off and then chops his head off. Like, like I'm talking people. Like within three point five seconds, this fight is over.
1: Yeah, it's like. I mean, was it boss level real easy?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. This was like, yeah, this was Mortal Kombat on the easiest level you can find with like automatic fatalities and auto combos. And then we are now um, in Charles's van and they're talking about some shit. This is useless dialogue because basically what it looks like this is the meetup, right? Where they're going to like try to let the posse know hey, we killed your leader person. Now stop doing this.
1: Yeah, Seagal just asking, was it uh, Charles, if he told everybody, you know, to tell them exactly what he said? He said, yeah. And he said, and did they believe you? And he said, no. And then, all right. But once again, as the scene's coming up, how did he get um, a certain weapon and a certain body part out of Jamaica back to Chicago? (laughs) Please answer that question.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I... um... I have no idea because it is insane this part. Like I this that's that's the thing of this and we'll get to it in a little bit cuz we're kind of heading toward the end. Um yeah. and we'll get to it in the rating section, but that is something I like about this movie is as soon as you start thinking it's going to get lame, some more random shit happens that you're just like what the fuck just happened. So yes, they go in and they're talking to these guys and Seagal brings out. Uh, he tells him like we killed Screw- we killed Screw like he's dead. And he busts out the magic stick. But
1: mm-hmm. then
0: once he puts his dick away, he actually brings out that cane. <laughs> he brings out that cane that's, that Screwface uses. And then they're like still not convinced. And so then Charles just I don't even know where he was had I don't know where he had this, but he brings out the head of Screwface. He's like, well, here you don't believe us? Yeah, dramatic. He pulled it out of his ass <laughs> and he brought it up for
1: dramatic effect. <laughs> it's
0: all, it all wet and lubed up. Ugh.
1: Ew!
0: <laughs> so that's what they were scoffing at. It was the scent of the face. It wasn't the look of a dead of a severed head. <laughs> it's covered in shit. So then the guys basically demand they get the hell out of town. They start backing up, but then Screw Two comes out of nowhere and just fucking stabs the shit out of Charles. And he says, "Judas." And, just,
1: and it turns out Screwface has a twin he's brother. He's got a
0: twin brother, baby. Because uh, at some point that, that hot model lady that was dancing says like, oh, he's got four eyes and two cocks or something like that. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's the lie. Well, well,
1: I mean two heads, four eyes. So, yeah, you were right about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They say he's got four eyes and two cocks.
1: Be careful with screw That's, face. That, sir, sure is a man about Oh, talent. I'm sorry. If
0: you have, four, Yeah, if you have four eyes and two cocks, you are going to be a gang leader automatically. Mm-hmm. That is some powerful shit. So everyone starts firing, and Max definitely takes a bullet to his leg or something like that. But we see some uh, product placement at some point where we see a bunch of cores and red stripe uh, in the scene. That's nice. We then see some guys that are definitely just wearing uh, dread wigs. <laughs> I think they're just stunt guys in dread wigs.
1: Yeah, yeah that makeup uh, department kind of lost their funding towards the oh, end. Oh, yeah, of the movie, things got so.
0: rough. They were just like, eh, uh, yeah. uh, let's just use these guys. And so he fucks these. This is like a useless. I think they're just trying to get a couple more fights in, but he basically destroys like three or four guys that are just random. Oh, and you know something else I noticed is they keep saying, the Jamaican guys keep saying, like, blood clot or clot, and apparently that's, like, a type of slang. It's, like, almost like saying douchebag for us.
1: Well, I mean, they were right about that with Seagal, so (laughs) I'll give it to them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, why do they keep saying that? Because I did eventually put catches on it. I was like, what do they call a blood clot for? Um, they say it a little different, though, but that's kind of basically what they're saying. And um, yeah,
1: uh, accent work. Yeah, you, but no. <laughs> and
0: uh, and eventually, uh, we meet the hidden boss character of this movie, Scarface's twin brother, and they have an old-fashioned sword fight. And uh, immediately, Seagal slices him across the chest. Like maybe the the Screw Brothers should maybe master a different weapon than a sword because they both suck at it. Like, they're...
1: well, no this uh, this fight is more difficult. This one's a little more challenging. Yeah. yeah, Screw Two actually grabs a hold of Seagal and starts banging his head against the wall several times. So I got to give him points for that. That he actually put up a, a valid. Yeah, fight
0: that's the him. most damage. Like. Like, if anything, like, Seagal's power bar was, like, maybe lost a quarter worth in that scene. Yeah. But then right away, Seagal just sticks his thumb. And I mean, they show him stick his thumbs all the way into this Vato's face. Like, it is Mm -hmm. disgusting. I hate that shit.
1: It it was a. It was a great gouging of the eye. So kudos. It is
0: hard to watch, and he's blinded now, and he's like, "Oh shit, what the fuck?" Then he <laughs> fucking Segal grabs this dude like Bane does the Batman, and just breaks his spine. Then, if that's not enough, he throws.
1: <laughs> no, actually, no. They go through the wall. They do and go then through he, the wall. Then he grabs it. Yeah, he grabs his spine, breaks him, and then once again, great dummy work. He goes down the shaft.
0: He goes right down this long shaft and just stabs... He impels himself on this giant metal thing that's sticking out of the ground. Fatality, almost a flawless victory, fucking Steven Seagal wins. And then uh, Max Seagal and the corpse of Charles, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> no, he's
1: he's definitely dead. He had a sword run through him, so no, he's not coming he's back from battle. that.
0: And uh, they head out as... <laughs> Really ironically, happy Saudi Reggae music place.
1: Yeah, they replay the song that uh, Jimmy Cliff did in the the club in Jamaica. Oh so God. yeah, it's a it's a it's a great way to end the movie. Oh,
0: <sighs> movie over credits. Um and as you all know with these movies that I cover on the podcast, you know, I do tend to like to look back at the movie and do a quick impression of one of my favorite parts, and this is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <clears throat> Quick impressions. Johnny, they hurt my baby. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh Thank wow! You, you
1: know, I I was expecting you to go with the Seagal, You know, talking the Max in the car, but no, that was so much better. <laughs>
0: I could not do that, man. All right, so as you know, Steve, I do rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. You have the full Fu Manchu recommendation if you thought this movie was the shit. You have the walrus mustache recommendation if you're like, hell yeah. You have the, sh- uh, sh- uh fuck, horseshoe mustache recommendation if you're like, eh, not bad. And you have the Hitler mustache if you want this movie to burn in hell. And if it's somewhere in the middle, you're welcome to pick the Michael Jordan Hitler mustache. What do you give this movie, Steve?
1: All right. Well, in honor of Screwface versus John Hatcher, I give it a uh, Fu Manchu fighting it out with a David Crosby walrus, and it ends up as a Steven Seagal later movies goatee.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. I think you all Tim yoboed this one. Holy shit. Ha! Take that. (laughs) So it's kind of somewhere in the. In the upper echelon, yeah, but not the best.
1: Yeah, out of five stars, I'll give it a four. Uh, only there just uh, was a few issues, like questioning the logics of weapon movement and such, but overall, it's still a damn good movie. It's a tight 90 minutes, including the credits, good music, great action, almost no runtime but there are some questions about yeah,
0: it. Yeah, th- there's a lot that and maybe that's what helps the runtime is the fact they do just kind of yeah, let's just let the audience figure out what happened while we weren't you know in this arena or we didn't know what happened here. We don't know how they got to Jamaica. So, yes, I give this movie I got to give it a solid Boris mustache. I, I I wasn't honestly man coming in I was gonna. I was going toward horseshoe, but the more I talk about it, the more I, I watched it. Um, I pretty much watched almost all of it all over again just before we started, and I was having even more fun with the sec- with the second viewing. It's super fun. I think if, as long as you go into it wanting to have a good time, don't take it too serious. And I don't think anyone takes any Seagal movie that serious. So, just have a good time with it. I thought it was super fun. the The brutality of it is so cool. Like. I just hadn't seen an action movie with this kind of brutality in a bit. And it caught me off guard at first. And then with the second watch, it became kind of hilarious. So I I oh, yeah, definitely absolutely. give this the, the walrus mustache recommendation. So definitely check this out, y'all. And um, normally I would have said – I should have said this earlier. I suggest y'all go check this one out before you even listen to this episode. But it's okay if you don't. But even if you've made it this far and you haven't seen the movie, go check out the movie. Like whatever we talked about – doesn't do the movie justice because there's so much stuff that is so visual like the arm breaking and shit oh my god i might actually include just the snapping <laughs> sound of it um in the actual episode uh, in this episode because it is insane
1: oh it's painful to hear oh my
0: god man all right steve so do you have anything to uh to plug for this episode
1: uh, not me personally, but as always, I like to you know, promote the Grindbin Podcast, you know, hosted by Mike Wood, Bobby Trippett, and a number of characters from the world of uh, podcasting, such as yourself, Daniel, yeah. you know, Sir Trolley of Sacto, and of course, you know, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, of course, that leads me into uh, you know promoting the Bloody Pit, uh, the Bloody Bits Horror Show Podcast. Hosted by Eddie the Ax Jefferson and Tim. Oh no, yobo!
0: <laughs> and as y'all know, y'all are all very familiar with those individuals, and you know what this means, Steve. You're going to end up yes. on one of their shows very soon.
1: <laughs> oh, I hope to, because honestly, this was a lot more fun than I honestly could have predicted i mean i know i was going to enjoy myself but this really worked out well so thank you just Daniel. be prepared
0: steve um when you're on the bloody bits uh it's going to be about three hours and 18 minutes i just, I just, I just...
1: yeah oh boy um that's that's gonna be a so rough make
0: sure one. you're prepared make sure you've had a good dinner <laughs> don't get too drunk at first you know all that good stuff.
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna say goodbye to my dogs now before i end up on there. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining the show, Steve, and I will def- I definitely look forward to having you back very soon, man.
1: Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. All right,
0: y'all. Check y'all later. Bye. Thank you to all the mustachiosos out there supporting the show. Interact with the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now Discord. Just click on the link in the show notes. If you really love the show, visit the shop on Bonfire and get yourself a T-shirt. Mustachio Podcastio is the weird uncle of the PodMoth Media Network.